We are jamming to Beyonce with the rest of Charlotte in town tonight at Bank of America Stadium. Great song choice to save for the last hour here. I think at the right time, you know Beyonce a little bit more than and you And Fiddy wants on. to be crazy in love. So. I think he does want and to be crazy in love. Some of the things he love. told us, I don't like to use the term crazy, but... Uh, you know, yeah, but maybe little. it applies to Fiddy, is what you're saying. <laughs> Troubled some of those, uh, <laughs> Troubled some of those location love. based uh, instances but we've heard about. I want a parody song from you, Troubled in Love. That's By the way, men, um, uh oh, okay, y'all have had my location for five days now. I haven't even seen it, honestly. Y'all have never like gone to the find my iPhone app to see where I'm at. Fiddy, I can't express this enough. I do not know what. I do not want to know what you're doing behind these walls, okay? <laughs> I do not want to know anything like that. If we go out to eat, cool. I'll know where you are. I only need to know where you are if you are helping me out on the show or if we go out to eat. Other than that, as long as you're safe, I really don't want to know what you get involved in. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty safe thing to say, honestly. <laughs> I think so. I don't think I'm saying anything controversial, to yeah. be honest with you. You know, I think it just... Goes to show another example in my radio relationship, like I did it in my in my real life relationships. I thought we were ready for the next step, and I am not ready. And to, we were not. I'm not ready to know where you are at all times. Uh, we had a few other sports show mentions on the text line. No love for Sports Center. Heck no. So what about Whoa. Old, what about old school Sports Center? Come on. Okay, now. but like yeah, I think old school Sports Center was old school when I got of age where I watched Sports Center all the time. Like when I, when I got to the age where I watched Sports Center every day, Stuart Scott was in his in his what last maybe six years. Dan Patrick was already gone. Openly referring to them as the mothership. Well, Dan Patrick was gone for a long time. You know, Rich Eisen was gone, referring <sighs> to them as the mothership. Yeah, like, you're going real old school. I'm just even talking about Scott Van Pelt, <laughs> John Anderson, okay, Neil okay. Leverett, Stan Verrett. Like well, those guys are still those are still top notch anchors. Yes, um, and like now I still tune in during like the sports season. Like during during during, during the NFL year, I will watch Scott Van Pelt Sports Center. Scott Van Pelt is among the best to ever do it. But and, like, and to have a different type of flavor with what he does now, I it's tremendous. Agree. I mean, you got to realize, like, when I got of age, I was being told by my dad, yeah, Sports Center isn't what it used to be 10 years ago. So, like, it was already kind of losing its losing its luster. Where, like, today, it's it's non-existent. Like, who actually watches Sports Center? You no, I, I will jump in. Yeah, I do watch Sports Center in the mornings when I want to get highlights and things of that nature, man. And I was just going to, the nostalgia, just talking about, I remember back in the day, Sports Center was the only thing on. So if you wanted sports, you had to watch Sports Center over and over and over yep. again. Yep. And you knew you you knew the words down to a T if you had watched it by like the fifth straight time. Right. Why why do I miss that? It's not good. It's good to have new programming and yet I miss the same old hour long sports center yeah. going over and over. And and then when they would go to live, remember it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And that would have been like early two thousand tens, something like that. Maybe twenty thirteen. They had Sports Center AM. They had some different variations, but the Sports Centers back then was great. Linda Cohn, just oh, an OG as well. I still try to catch NFL primetime if I can too every now and again and get all the highlights. But I watch Red Zone. So NF NFL old. Live. I'll say this: I think NFL Live is the best thing ESPN produces right now. Hmm. I think that show with Marcus Spears, Mina Kimes, Laura Rutledge does. Is it Lauren or Laura? It's Laura. 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 Laura Rutledge does a phenomenal job hosting 
and to have and Dan Orlovsky. I think that's the best thing they produce right now as far as a studio show goes. I, oh, I, I don't, don't know what's better. Get Up has been growing on me a little bit oh, more less. because of the panels. It's not because of Greenberg. I don't like Mike Greenberg, but the panels that they have on, especially like, during football season, I do enjoy Orlovsky, Spears, yeah. and all those guys I like timing up. in. Not I like because of Greeny. But NFL Live is the best to me. But Get Up is fine. I don't have that And I still enjoy reaction. First Take. I like the debate. Yeah, the first well, first take is going to be the highest rated for sure. Yeah. yeah, and it's always fun to see Stephen A. and Mad Dog go at it, even though it's inaudible sometimes. Speaking of to go off, uh, just off the beam path slightly, I know we tend to do that every now and again. Did you guys have any thoughts on Lil Wayne joining Undisputed? Oh, and, I saw that. I uh, think Skip Richard Bayless. Sherman, I think, yep. is going to be on there as well. Skip Bayless is hurting. Skip Bayless. See, I, I don't think that. I think the Lil Wayne move was brilliant because I think that's going to bring in huge eyes to that show every Friday to see Wayne to see what he's going to talk about. Maybe. And then the Richard Sherman, I like that too because Sherman has always been one of my favorite guys to hear talk. I'm just interested to see how their dynamic's going to be. To skip right. learn from how he treated Shannon because I know he's not going to be able to pull some of that stuff on. Uh, Richard Sherman, but he couldn't on Shannon either. That's why Shannon left. So I just think that's interesting. All right. Time now for the live wire brought to you by Josh Fitty Marlowe. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. Up north to the down south. Live wires connect. All right, guys. So we, we talked about the report coming out of Washington yesterday that players had uh, went to Ron Rivera expressing their concerns about the way Eric Bieniemy, I guess, coaches them in practice and I guess in the meeting rooms. And of course, this would lead to Eric Bieniemy being asked about this by the media. And he took some time to talk at length about why he coaches the way that he does. So before it even goes anywhere, I make it a point to address the conversation because one thing my job is to be a very observant. I, I got to know the people that I'm discussing and, and, uh, and working with. So my job is to address. If there's something that they may have an issue with, please, let's discuss this. Here's the reason why I felt a certain way. Here's why I said it. Now, okay, I put it back on the player. And you got to understand, we're in a grown man's business. We're in a grown man's world. My job is to make sure that I'm doing the best possible job of over-communicating clarity. I take a tremendous amount of pride in that. They also know when I'm getting on them, they're nothing personal. What's personal is that I want us to win. I expect that particular player to be great at all times. I expect the effort to be a standard that's uh, accepted by all of us. So when you're not reaching that, it's my job to address it. So sometimes they may like the highlights and the praise, but sometimes they may not like it. And I'm perfectly fine with that because that's my job. Because if I ain't doing my job, my ass get fired. So it's my job and my responsibility to make sure that I'm getting our guys to do what I expect them to do. Uh, I think this is just one of the, the wildest things I've heard. As you said yesterday, Walk, unless there's something egregious, something that we're missing here, you think this is the only NFL coach to be super intense at all times? You watch Camp Confidential, and we'll be breaking that down tomorrow. Deuce Staley, it seems like he's always yelling. I remembered seeing that last year on Hard Knocks. I was like, my God. I was like, does his players get tired of him <laughs> constantly yelling and the intensity that he brings? 
the NFL is full of alpha males and the coaches are no different. You're talking about a lot of ex-players that have a lot of pride and things of that nature. They yell and are intense at all times. So I just wonder why all of a sudden with Eric Bieniemy, and that's why I felt like it was more of an indictment on the commanders than Bieniemy, because I'm like, come on now. I feel like every staff in the NFL has two to three coaches that are intense and raising their voices at all times. But wait till you watch Camp Confidential and then go back and watch the Detroit Lions hard knocks. Do Staley, I mean, geez, Louise. This just seems to be a mess that never needed to happen. Yes. So what could have happened is Ron Rivera, whatever leak comes out, Ron Rivera's asked about Eric Bieniemy's intensity, and he gives you a, a two-sentence answer. Yeah, man, he's hard on him, but he's very clear in what he wants, and the players are going to have to adapt because he's a great football coach. Done. But instead, he goes on to this long, you know, really transparent thing and, and at least thought process and then he, that he's allowing everybody to, to know about. And then he brings up Jack Del Rio as if to compare him to somebody that actually is accounting for individuality within his players. And that is the sign of a good coach. It's the sign of a good teacher. And it's like Jack Del Rio possesses these skills, but Eric Bieniemy doesn't. And Ron Rivera gave this life that never needed to happen. And I said it yesterday. Who comes out the winner in this? Because it's not Eric Bieniemy. clearly. Ron Rivera doesn't look to come across as a winner. The players don't look like winners because now people are criticizing them for being soft. And the last thing I'll say, man, Rivera made it even a little bit weirder today. <laughs> I know he was trying to do damage control. He had the right intent. He went to Eric Bieniemy and said, I put my foot in my mouth. But man, did you need to release a statement? It just felt the, the you gave it more validity by giving it a statement, bringing a piece of paper and then reading it, trying to act like it was organic, even though it wasn't. I, It just feels weird. The sooner this is over, the better it is for all parties involved. And it never needed to go this public in the first place. Yeah. And Commander Malik says on the text line, that's an embarrassing story. Soft. So I'm guessing he's a little bit embarrassed by his team. And, and this is the thing, too. It comes with the optics of the team. If this is coming from the Kansas City Chiefs or a team that's got some pedigree that's been going to Super Bowls, the Bengals, the 49ers, the Eagles, things of that nature, okay. Like, it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but you're talking about coming from the commanders that hasn't been popping in quite some time. So when you hear that from them, you automatically think losing mentality. All right, we'll move on really quickly. Uh, Bengals head coach Zach Taylor spoke with reporters today and provided an update on Joe Burrow's uh, calf injury. And that time, and the quote is, the timeline is several weeks from when I said several weeks. So it doesn't sound good for Joe Burrow, I guess. We're what? We're a month away from week one. Well, I know a lot of people are worried about Jamar Chase's comments. And I like that Jamar Chase, because Jamar said, I don't want you back until like week five or week six, because I want you to be ready to go once we get to the postseason. He was asked about that and asked to clarify him. And he said, yeah, I'm, I stand by those comments. Like, I don't want him to come back too soon. And then he talked about his injury that he dealt with last year. He set out one extra week to make sure he was ready to go during crunch time and the second half of the season. And they were all good. And so I can understand Jamar Chase's comments here. What do you think about Joe Burrow's injury right now? Uh, I think that it is pretty serious. And they talked about this, I believe, on Get Up and was talking about how calf injuries amongst players and athletes talked about how that's an injury that can linger all season if you don't let it heal. Because think about how much 
explosion and explosive movements go into a football game, especially when you're a quarterback, especially suddenly you're playing in the cold. I don't want to sound like Stephen I. Bell right now, but just saying those are things that happen. Uh, when Jamar Chase said what he said, I was like, man, that's awful presumptuous to go to four to five weeks without your quarterback and think you're still going to make the playoffs. I think the Bengals are getting a little bit of the big head over there to think that they can go four to five weeks without Joe Burrow and still just waltz right into the playoffs in the NFC, uh, AFC that is loaded. All right, any other thoughts over there from the live wire, Fitty? All right, I just want to get one more piece of audio into you guys. Uh, we, we, we all three ripped the Orioles yesterday for suspending Kevin Brown. Well, last night, the Orioles, they hosted the Astros in a potential ALCS preview, and a chant broke out within Kandem Yards. Made it look easy. Good athletes can do that, Diego. You yeah. did I, I think that's one of the best defensive plays in the game of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Going over Making the pitcher happy? There. Yes. But, hey, y'all has got to make you guys happy. Mateo tried to hold his swing, and he did, according to Edwin Moscoso. How awkward. Um... If we haven't learned anything from – if we've learned anything from Tom Brenneman, we've learned that you always call the game. <laughs> if there's anything awkward that is going on behind the scenes and not so behind the scenes, you always call the game. And there's a deep line drive to center field, <laughs> left field by Nick Castellanos. Oh, that's a great defensive play. I love play-by-play announcers and color analysts' ability to do nothing else but call a game because, damn it, that's what their job tells them to do. And this is exactly what you had to do on an Orioles broadcast. Remember, you can't say anything. You can't say what that that fan base is chanting because you might get suspended next and they might be chanting your name if you say anything about yep. it. What, what I do love is that Kevin Brown is someone that is this is going to turn into a positive for him. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I love the fans for supporting him, man. Kudos to them. Uh, it is. I, I'm glad this is going to be flipped on its head. This is great pub now. I'm so glad that the owners at Angelos decides that he was saying facts and that it was too hurtful to the organization and then suspending him and now it's actually going to be a 180 degree turn. It's Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. More successful compared to expectations. We'll finally get to the topic. Steve Wilkes and the 49ers D, Frank Reich and the Panthers offense. Plus we have more sound to get to on Sports Radio 92.7 FM. One of my favorites. We got my man out there dancing in the hall. That is Naughty by Nature Uptown Anthem. That was a hard 90s cut right there, buddy. Yeah, I'd, I'd sent one less Beyonce song to Fiddy. Just I need one more. But it's okay to have an Uptown Anthem because now we know we got a concert going Uptown. So it's all right. It's okay. I think that was on the soundtrack for the movie Juice. That featured the late, great Tupac Shakur. Yeah, a fun little fact about me. One of my best friends is actually Cousins. I forget with the member of Naughty by Nature. It's not Tretch, but it's one of the other ones because there's three. Benny? Uh, maybe, but I'm not sure. I forget, but he's Cousins. With and him. then I forget what the DJ's name was. That's who it is. It's the DJ. That's okay. who it is. Yep. And so he always gets the hookup. Now, I have not been a beneficiary of the hookup. Yeah. And he keeps saying, hey, next time they're – because I guess it's not like they're torn a lot. I don't know about their schedule. They yeah. came into town one time. I thought I might vets. get the hookup, but it didn't happen. All right. So – 
Getting to the topic at hand, we want to please the tease talking about the Carolina Panthers and the expectations of Coach Reich and this offense under Bryce Young with what he's been doing. And then Steve Wilkes, who was the sentimental favorite to be the head coach when all this began way back when and San Francisco's defense. And again, folks, I feel like I have to preface this. This was not my topic. Walker Mail came up with this. True. I was not letting my 49er fandom bleed into uh, this show. But this is an interesting question and uh, one that I think definitely has some merit because, you know, Coach Wilkes probably still feels the sting of not getting that job, but he strikes me as a man that can definitely uh, move on, but it's something I don't think he'll forget, and I know that he wants to do as great a job as he can with this 49er defense that was handed over to him by D'Amico Ryans. I mean, I feel like this question, I think that Coach Reich in the offense is going to be successful this season. Uh, I feel like Bryce Young, I, I would be a hypocrite with everything I've said about Bryce Young. I feel like these receivers are going to be better than you think. And then I think Miles Sanders will be better than you think as well. So I think this is going to be a pretty good offense. But I feel like I'm not being a fan or letting any type of bias creep in to say it's the 49ers defense. Well, this all has to be compared to expectations. This can't be who do you think ranks higher in their category. Do you think the 49ers defense is going to be higher ranked than the Panthers offense? Because if you just phrase it that way. Yeah, 49ers were ranked number one yeah, in a lot of categories. but even just the eye test and dominance and, and, and things of that nature, I think the Panthers offense can eventually get to being a dominant unit. So let me put that out there. But when you're just talking about uh, this group that's been one of the best units for quite some time, I mean, you know, Coach Wilkes inherited a fantastic group, and I know with his acumen he's going to keep the tradition going. And I think that's the crux of all of this is that Coach Wilkes in San Francisco would keep a tradition going of great defenses. He's not going to reinvent the wheel. This has been a great defense for a while. Uh, but when you talk about Coach Reich and this offense, this would be starting uh, kind of a new tradition. So you are going to have a little bit of a difference with Steve Wilkes taking over as the defensive play caller compared to Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans, both getting head coaching jobs because of their success with San Francisco. So under Sala and Ryans, 49ers and Blitz, not very much. They relied a lot on the defensive uh, line to make sure that they could provide that pressure. They blitzed just under 24% of the time that ranked 22nd in the NFL under the tutelage of one Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans. When they did blitz, defensive backs only accounted for under 10% of the blitzes. That was average. That ranked at 16th in the league. And then in 2022, the Niners were 20th in the blitz rate and 11th in defensive back blitz rate. When you look at what you have with Steve Wilkes, Wilkes as the Cleveland Browns offensive coordinator, he dialed it up to a 35.3% blitz rate. That was fourth in the NFL, and almost 19% of those blitzes were coming from defensive backs. That was second in the NFL. You see what he did here with Carolina? Wilkes blitzed 44% of dropbacks. That was second in the NFL last year, and then or in, in when you've seen him. Uh, work with the Carolina Panthers defense. And also you're seeing a lot of cornerbacks getting involved, safeties getting involved and trying to create pressure. So is Steve Wilkes going to adapt to a fantastic defensive line led by Nick Bosa, who's not practicing right now? Mm -hmm. We'll see if you have a holdout. But if so, I wonder if this is exactly the guy you want taking over to manufacture some pass rush that you are going to be without if Nick Bosa, if Nick Bosa holds out a little bit and then when he comes back, then you dial it back a little bit more. So maybe you blitz at a higher rate 
but you're not changing it from 22nd to fifth. You're going to maybe an average blitz rate here with Steve Wilkes as the defensive coordinator. That's the difference. Uh, I I wonder if you're going to go more so with just relying on the defensive line or if you are going to provide pressure with a Fred Warner who is usually in coverage. He's so good in coverage and you can just rely on the defensive line to get pressure. How much are you going to send him into the backfield? It'll be interesting. Yeah. And so I don't think that he's going to have to blitz a ton because you talk about this unit and uh, Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave, who they signed that was a double digit sack guy from the interior. Then you put him next to Nick Bosa. I mean, that's going to be a a treat for San Francisco fans. And then you would be able to uh, have guys in coverage more because we know the really, really dominant defenses get home with four drop seven especially when you play against a really really uh good quarterback so i think that coach wilkes is in a fantastic position just the way too he goes about his business the guys are going to love him but i think that coach reich again uh he's going to be really good with this offense especially having bryce young i think i think nationally though Wes, the answer is carolina Because how many times have we come into a segment during the offseason after everything was done and discussed how surprised we were at the low ranking for Carolina? I saw one ranking out there about Panthers, them finishing last in the NFC South. Last. This is in a division where it looks like Kyle Trask might be a starting quarterback after Tom Brady is gone. I mean, that's too much. I don't think the national optimism has caught up and oftentimes it doesn't for local radio and what national headlines are saying but if you just go to these shows that we were talking about in the top five sports shows sports center experts on nfl live experts on good morning football whatever are they going to be pointing more to the carolina panthers for having this monster improvement compared to san francisco where there's not a whole lot of ground to make up in fact you could argue it's non-existent steve wilkes bar is keep it here Carolina's is be better than what you had with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield yeah, and PJ Walker last year. So Carolina is probably, you have to see a bigger improvement. If Steve Wilkes holds the 49ers up there towards the top, literally at number one, then there's the argument for Wilkes, but it's just going to be tough. It, it's, it's not a lose situation for Wilkes because you're going in with what is an excellent, talented defense. But, man, you can't have any wiggle room. Like, you can't go down at all, considering you've seen two DCs now, Wes, Sala and D'Amico, pick up right where they left off. If Wilkes does anything below top five, then you will see a decrease in productivity. Yeah, and so I think that uh, I, I would be interested, too, the defenses, too, when you talk about a new defensive coordinator in Evero and Wilkes. Uh, I think that's kind of the same – boat you're talking about when you talk about success compared to expectations because but I do think the defense has more expectations than the offense does at this point and I think a lot of people from what we've heard yeah Carolina's defense a lot of people expect great things out of them so do you feel like that they will be more successful compared to expectations because when I talked about the sack numbers now you do have Justin Houston coming in when you talked about those sack numbers last year uh being around 20th in total defense and things of that nature. And I said, well, I feel like that this unit is a nice improvement. If you can go to 14, 13, 12, and then beyond that, it's just fantastic. But do you think that that defense will be more successful compared to expectations? Yeah, I do. Um, and I told you this when we were having our breakdown of what we expect from Majero Avero. If, if you are not a top half defense, it seemed like you were a little bit more lenient than I was about a successful season for him. I mean, if you're not top half, 
then I, I mean, failure is always strong. You know, speaking in absolutes, like the dark side, if you're a Star Wars fan, but it's not going to be very good. It will certainly not live up to my expectations. I know, speaking of NFL Live, Mina Kimes is very high on what this defense can produce this year. If you go back to what they did last season, the numbers aren't great. In fact, they're a little surprising as far as how far they rank down in a couple of defensive categories. But the year prior to that, where you have a Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick being the biggest difference, but remember Derek Brown wasn't as good as he was last year, two years ago. So maybe that can balance out. Point being... There are some good numbers to point to two years ago that maybe you can apply to this season where you still have a lot of those foundational players still here and you have a smart defensive coordinator. So I do think that, and, and I believe in Averro. I've said that a bunch. I absolutely believe in Averro getting this defense right, improving from what we saw last season, and Scott Fitterer did a good job at getting him talent. I mean, even... The, the non-splashy names, where Von Bell is number one, Justin Houston has some of that cachet from what he did earlier in his career, but Shai Tuttle, believe in him in an odd man front. Deshaun Williams, rotation piece, really like what you got with him. You know, Marquise Haynes on top of the rotational pass rush, like, I feel better. You have depth now. Cornerback is always going to be an issue, but... Yeah, I believe in this defense outperforming. So Carolina brings in Justin Houston, and we've been talking a lot about that. Let's hear from Frank Reich uh, and his thoughts on trying to find a guy to set the edge opposite Burns that he talked about on the Mac and Bone show. Right now, you know, Marquise has been hurt, you know, but he he's we're excited about him, right? He's got to get this injury. We've got to get past this injury. Yitor has looked good. Um, so... You know, we're still, we got to find out in the next couple of weeks. You yeah. know, it, it'll be a collective effort. Justin will play some on first and second down. Okay. Um, but it'll be, you know, we'll mix them mostly in, in the past situations. Um, but I'm excited about this young group. And I, I, I really, it's too early for me to just say this is the guy. Like, we got three preseason games. You know, these are all young players who look good in camp. And we're going to see how it all plays out over the next three weeks. So, Walker, do you think with them finding Justin Houston, bringing him in off the nine and a half sacks, even though uh, over the last half of the season he only had a half of a sack, do you feel like that the Panthers found that guy or this is still going to be uh, a work in progress, maybe even all season long? Uh, they found that guy for this year. They didn't find him long term and that's all I was asking for you're not going to get anybody this late in free agency long term to be the guy that can help Brian Burns out on the opposite side of the defensive line but this year all you needed was depth I'm not asking Justin Houston of course I'm not even asking him to get double digit sacks this season not asking that at all I'm asking him can you play 40 percent of the snaps which I absolutely believe Justin Houston can do that then you can get help from Marquise Haynes then you can allow YGM and DJ Johnson to battle it out. I don't know how many defensive linemen you're going to keep, but depending on how many you do, everybody else can battle for those other snaps that are left over. But I feel a lot better, Wes, because think about it. No Justin Houston, no veteran pass rusher on this team. You're splitting that rotation between Marquise Haynes, who has never seen uh, that healthy of a snap count, a guy that you just drafted that's a raw prospect anyway, and a second-round pick in YGM who hasn't lived up to whatever hype he had coming out of Penn State. Now, you move everybody down, bringing Justin Houston immediately as the starter, which says something, right? Like, it it says something in the sense that you always were going to bring someone in and he was going to step in right away as number one. Because even if it was Clowney, if it was Yannick Ngakwe, Leonard Floyd, all the guys that weren't signed immediately once free agency started— 
whoever it was going to be, they already had a better resume than anybody else you had on this roster. So, yes, they found the guy for this season. And if you don't bring him back, it doesn't matter. This this is a year where you can have a happy medium building towards the future and trying to win football games now. And I think Justin Houston on a one-year deal is a perfect signing. Yeah, and so the other signing that they had that didn't have as much fanfare, we're talking about Deion Jones, but he's coming to camp and he's looking pretty good. The former Pro Bowler, former Atlanta Falcons player as well. Uh, let's hear from Scott Fitterer. He was on the Mac and Bone Show and he talked about the addition of Deion Jones. Okay. So two years ago, he had he had a really strong year again, and he he was consistent consistently up in the you know mid 100s on tackles. And last year he had a down year, and he came out and worked out for us the other day, and he looks like he's got the explosion back and the speed and everything else. So he's uh, that'll allow us to do some things with him, Frankie, and put him outside in some rush situations and blitz blitz him off the edge. So just to have another quality inside backer, which we needed some depth in there, and uh, he can step up and play and start if he needed to. So you like what you hear there because he was most recently with Cleveland and Scott Fitterer talked about how you could see the explosion and all of that coming as well. And so I just want to know, I think that his addition and then you hear about Gruger Hill uh, playing well in training camp, too. I think they've got great depth in this linebacker position has really turned into a strength because now, you know, I always felt like that Frankie Louvre going to the inside of a three, four. He would be great on the outside. So you have a lot of versatility on this defense, whether you talk about what you can do with Jeremy Chen, what you can do with Frankie Louvu, uh, and, and what you can do with a guy like a Derek Brown and things of that nature, even Brian Burns, too, if you yeah. want to ask him to put his hand back in the dirt. How excited are you and how excited are Panther fans about the versatility of this defense and all of the things uh, that they will be able to do because this depth allows them to have a lot of guys that can do a lot of stuff. It's why so many people are high on Von Bell coming over to Carolina. Yes, he's a good player. Yes, he is a starting caliber safety and also a defense that played very well last year with Cincinnati that was really on the up and up. But it's it's not even just about how good Von Bell is. It's about what he unlocks. It's about having somebody you're comfortable with on the back end and allowing Jeremy Chin to do whatever he does best. He told us when he got a little frustrated, probably. He told us when we were up there at training camp, I'm going to get closer to the line of scrimmage and be able to make more plays. And now that I can do that, you're talking about a player more comfortable in his role that has not had the kind of season you wanted from someone that had that much of the hope that he portrayed in his rookie season. So you have him, Xavier Rhodes, Von Bell, cool. Like, they'll be able to take care of stuff. And then even with Deion Jones coming in, Frankie Louvu. What's he working well with right now? What kind of matchup? What what can you attack because of their offense with Frankie Louvu, you know, do you want to bring, you want to send more pressure because the quarterback doesn't play well when there's pressure sent? Cool. Louvu, you're up. Okay. Does that quarterback play better when you actually send pressure? All right, fine. We'll just try to rush with the defensive line now that we have Justin Houston and Frankie Louvu can drop back in coverage and make sure that you account for any gaps in the defensive line and be that second line of defense. Yeah, I love all of the versatility that you have because both those guys in Chin and Luvu, they're tough dudes and they can play at a lot of different roles. So I love what you're saying. All right, Fitty, last flash of the day. Let's get it. It's all right to be little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Why? 
Former Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III was sentenced Wednesday to three years, three to ten years in prison for a November 2001 drunken driving crash that killed a Las Vegas woman and her dog. Uh, Ruggs could be eligible for parole after three years. And then, guys, some news out of the NFC South. We haven't really talked a whole lot about the quarterback battle going on in Tampa Bay between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Well, Baker's going to get the start this week um, against Pittsburgh. But next week in week two, Kyle Trask will get the start against the Jets. So there's not any clarity coming out of Tampa Bay. Early reports out of camp indicated that Trask was on the way to winning that job. But I think Baker getting the start would now lead you to believe he might be the starter going into week one i have no clue what's going to happen at quarterback but that's all you need to know if kyle trask is in consideration of starting compared to baker mayfield their quarterback situation speaking of big time drop-offs or big time changes (laughs) going from tom brady to baker mayfield and kyle trask competing for that starting job and people have carolina last in this division i don't see it no question about it and i would like to see though i I can't wait to see Kyle Trask in action. I remember in college, I thought he was pretty decent, but in no way did I think he was going to be an NFL stud. But I just want to see what he's going to look like in some snaps uh, out there in live action. And when we come back on the Weston Walker Show, we close this thing down, and Drum's going to hit us with a top five of his own favorite show. But what about the drum roll? Do we like that? The drum roll? All right, we finished with the drum roll. Sports Radio 92.7 FM. <laughs> Scary season on Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate everybody listening from 12 to 3. Keep on doing it. 3 to 6, Kyle Bailey Show taking over. He's back from vacation, so he's helping uh, smoke Ludwig alongside. Uh, excuse me, he's helping smoke Ludwig out. And uh, they're talking about Panthers, Jets, joint practice. Lots of good guests, as always. So make sure you check them out from 3 to 6 right after we're done here. From 12 to 3 p.m. every single weekday. Yeah, some interesting news coming out again. Just wanted I saw somebody else on the text line write this. Bashad Breeland facing multiple charges after being arrested in Charlotte on Monday. Around 3.05 on Monday, police stopped a car in the parking lot of a North Graham Street gas station. And the police in that traffic stop learned that the car Bashad was driving was reportedly stolen from Florida. A Mercedes worth 150000 Officers found multiple guns in the car, including AR-15s, AK-47s, pistols, more than five pounds of marijuana, and about $2,000 in cash and scales. Bashad Breedland, 31 years old, they charged him with possession of a stolen car, altering serial numbers, altering a title, altering identification, other stuff as well. Yahoo Sports, by the way, is the story that I'm reading. Um, so, yeah, monster, monster storyline. That sounds like I ran through all my money. It, it, it does indeed. It does indeed. So there's some other news coming in on the heels of Fiddy's last flash. All right. On a much lighter note, let's go to the latest edition of Drums Decisions or Drum Roll. I like the drum roll, but Fiddy gave me an eyebrow raise, man. You don't like the drum roll, Fiddy? Well, like, here's the thing. <laughs> if if I would have said it, you would have been like, oh, that's, No, that's I gave terrible. you credit earlier. You said heart and soul with Josh Hart. I gave you credit for that. That I was pretty it. good. So, I mean, I like 
I like drums decisions because it makes me think about uh, drum wings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I was, I was, was going. Awful I, dismount, but yeah, we move I, on. I was going to say something <laughs> that I, you know, that I, I then further thought. All I right. can't. I wasn't going to say on the air. Let's go to an incoming high school freshman to save a professional radio show. <laughs> Drum, what are your favorite shows? Not sports shows, but this is a playoff of Fiddy giving us his favorite sports shows earlier in the show. So now I want your favorite shows, cartoons. I want it to fit your demographic because this is something where we can live in nostalgia. Fifth favorite show of all time. What you got for us, Drum? Speaking of the mic. Go ahead. One more time. The 100. The 100 is what it's called? Yeah. Is that the show that was on Netflix, the fitness show? No. Can you oh, give no, us? I think- it was the one where they, like, uh, come from that, like, craft in, this, in space, and then they fall down after being gone for 100 years. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, go ahead, Benny. Do you feel like a man? Huh? Do you want to clown his show that he likes? Do you feel like a man doing that? I got you, Drum. What's next on the list? Uh, Cobra Kai. Yes, Ooh, okay. fire. Let's go. That's a good one. Cobra Kai have is ever, dope. Have you ever seen the original Karate Kid? Yes. Okay, good. I That's just wanted to make up. sure that... Yeah, the, I love Cobra Kai. That's one of my favorites as well. Okay, I didn't know that. I mean, not I top five, but I love Cobra Kai. The nostalgia, baby. It's nice to know that the young bloods these days are still watching Karate Kid. Yeah. So, have you ever seen it, Fitty? Yes. Okay. Oh, jeez. Not an animal. So attitude over there. I don't know what happened. The last He's segment. all red. Yeah, good mood Fitty is gone. It was nice knowing him for those two months. What's the <laughs> next one on the list? What you got, Drum? All right, well, I just started this one, but it's uh, The Walking Dead. Walk, okay. okay. That's something I never yeah. got on, man. I never me got neither. on it, too, but I know it is critically acclaimed. It's dead to me. Number two. Not Well, I was, yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> all right, let's talk about it. Number two, what you got? Uh, Stranger Things. Yes. Fire, fire, fire. Like the first season. Second season was good, too. I think I stopped after the second season. Yeah. But the first season was I great. went all the way through. The the strike be damned. I don't know when we're going to get season five. Have you ever seen Stranger Things, Fiddy? Uh, I have not. Okay. Well, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I was a little scared to ask it. Because I think you like it, Fiddy. I think I've been you told try it that. Out. It's just, you know, maybe after I get done with Two and a Half Men, I give it a shot. All right. So what is the top show of all time, according to Drum? The Outer Banks. Oh, God. <laughs> I love it. I have heard good things, though. Just to say, I have heard good things about the Outer Banks, and we know Mondo was on there I getting about, a check. I was going to ask if that was the show that Armando made. Yeah, Mondo. And you don't like Outer Banks, and you've seen it before. Oh, it's not that. Actually, I'm I'm thankful for Drum. Uh huh. Because as a guy that read Nicholas Sparks and watched movies of his books. You know, this is actually making me look good because the the Outer Banks is... uh, I want to remind you that Drum is 14, but go ahead. Yeah, I I mean, I I watched the first scene and I cut it off. That's how bad I thought it was. (laughs) Pretty just classic, you know... Down in a youngster to make himself feel good. It doesn't get any lower. Just than learned that. it from y'all. Um, Drum, if we, were, <laughs> if we were to click on the synopsis of Outer Banks, what would be your sales pitch for everybody else to hop on board and start watching Outer Banks? Ooh, um, that was a lot to ask of a 14 year old, but he still asked it. I just wanted to hear my sales pitch. Why do you like it so much? Oh, it's just good. Like, it's a good overall show. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great overall yeah. show. I don't really have a reason for it. Is, I mean, Watch it have, Outer Banks. Does it's it good. have a great storyline, great character development? Is there 
I mean, a very good storyline. Uh, What's the storyline about? All right, no. Okay, now. <laughs> okay, now okay. You, you gotta watch yeah, it. You gotta watch it. That's okay, true. that's yeah. a good answer. You gotta watch it. And just tell him Armando Baycott's on it, and he'd like it because of that. That's true. We also have, I think this is this all stems from Drum's take about him actually pulling for NC State as he was a kid, and now I think Fiddy just doesn't like him after that, which is unfortunate because he's a great kid. We're trying to show him the ropes. And Fiddy said, you know, just shook his head, of course, as a North Carolina fan might do if someone admitted they did pull for NC State. I mean, that's not it. I mean, part of it is that, like, it's more that I don't think Drum likes me. Because y'all had two hours to fill his his brain with lies and and, and bullcrap, and you know it's like I told him I said if you want to, you can make enemies out of them, but you don't want to make an enemy out of me because I get people jobs around here, as evident as Walker Mail having an on-air hosting role. So. Yeah, Red thinks he's Roman Reigns. Red <laughs> he's ahead of the table. Oh Thank no, you. I'm I'm better than a glorified actor. All right, so the top five <laughs> once again to go over the list: the 100 from I think it's Space Driven Show, something like that. Yeah, That's number five. five. Cobra Kai, that received a round of applause. The Walking Dead, I know a lot of people do like it. That's one that flamed out pretty quickly, though, and one that needed to end sooner than what it did, if I'm not mistaken. Is it still going? Yeah, Walking Dead is still going, if I'm not mistaken. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Is is Drum old enough to recommend Breaking Bad, or do we need to let Drum come of age a little bit bit more? I know his parents are listening, so watch whatever you want that your parents are (laughs) allowing you to watch. Two is Stranger Things, one Outer Banks. That is the official drum roll list from our buddy helping us out in the Planet Kia Studios, our research team. By the way, also came up with some more research points we didn't mention earlier in the show. David Geddes, a player that I will not give up on ever. I still expect him to be a star receiver, despite him not playing in over a decade. David Geddes did have a knee injury, a torn ACL, would not recover from that and play, have any stats recorded with the Carolina Panthers. And he also came up with the Ian Thomas quote we were looking for. Ben McAdoo said, Ian Thomas is one of the better football players I've ever been around. And that was big time cap. Everybody called him on as soon as he said that last year. That'll do it for Weston Walker. Keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.